0: How you doing bro how you feeling thank you for being here
1: i'm good bro thank you for having me um just excited dude. excited to chop it up uh, really excited about what you're doing uh so dude just pumped to be you know a little part of your of your journey
0: man facts bro and look um you're someone that i you're a 92 i'm a 90 we're two years younger two years apart right yeah so Um, You're someone I've kept in touch, bro, since club days. We're both Salvadorian. Big Sal, you're really Salvadorian. My family's really Salvadorian. And I feel like it's important to cover players like us, you know, for up-and-coming players with Salvadorian uh, background who are here in America or who are there in El Salvador. You know, kind of just, I want to document information and kind of just try to inspire and try to have a direct pipeline and a blueprint of you know how do you make it to the next level what are your options you know because as you know bro it's a bumpy pitch it's a bunch it's a bumpy progress and like till this day I feel like even though American soccer has grown we're still not there's still not a direct blueprint for people for players there's not the direct blueprint and there's there's not a a successful development process for the American player spe- and not even for just American player period, not to mention the Latino players here in America, the Salvadorian, the Central Americans. So you're definitely someone that had, you know, a crazy story as far as like a success story for me, bro. As, in my eyes, at the end of the day, I see your career. I see that you got education. You played pro. You went back to the motherland. You represented the country. So I feel like, you know, there's a lot of knowledge you have and there's a lot of things that we can talk about. And at the end of the day, I want to have a conversation with people who care about elevating the sport here in America, here in the world as as a sport in whole. But, you know, I feel like it has to come from people that have lived it, people that have grown through the club level, have the ODPs, the national teams and stuff like that, because I wanted to start, I feel like for the growth of this platform, and for just, you know, yeah, for the growth of this platform, I wanted to start with people who I I have a comfortable, I'm comfortable with to talk about soccer because I know you love the MLS. I know like you love you're in the coaching scenes right now. You have your own, you know, coaching program in Texas that has Texas has an amazing talent. I feel like they're they're a big powerhouse of the United States. Um, and also, bro, you're you're a Sunday League warrior. So the, you're someone that gets it like. One, the Sunday league scene and all the talent and all these leagues and those all these big tournaments that have crazy cash prices, there is elite talent there that I feel like no one is tapping in and no one's really like covering. And I feel like if if we were for, you know, if we were able to have that under one magnifying glass, we'll be able to produce players, you know? And I feel like we just have to find a better system to give access to soccer.
1: Yeah. No, well, I mean, There's so much you can cover. I mean, there's so much from you know from you know, because I'm I'm both a fan of Salvadorian soccer and American soccer. Yeah. And just so, you know, a little bit of my background, just where I grew up, right? I'm from Simi Valley, California, right? Small town. It's not a soccer city. We don't get anyone out. Um, I think the closest we get is Thousand Oaks, Danny Barrera, Diego Barrera, absolute legends, right? Um, yeah. yeah. You know, um, you got some Simi Valley guys, you got, you know, some guys that were able to go do, but it's not soccer town. So um, you know, I grew up there, started there just playing, you know, rec, AYSO, whatever, and then just played for a club there. And then, you know, it was just um, the key to, you know, what really made it work was going to the valley, go getting yeah. in the Latin League. Yeah. Right. At that time, Valley United was two-time national champions, right? You're talking U11, you're talking just Latin kids, but that's a whole other I mean there's so many topics you can go on about, you know, those kids speak early, man. Yeah. You know, of like, those guys.
0: Yeah, I feel like you brought, you know, um just like Texas, you live in Texas now, but you did grow up in Simi Valley, uh Southern California, and there's a lot of southern not just whole California because California is so big there's
1: ridiculous
0: bro but SoCal we're a powerhouse we might be the best we might there might be the in my opinion because I grew up that's the system I grew up in I think we pull the best talent we produce the best talent that's where all the talent is and I feel like again there we're just we're not even is the tip of the iceberg there are so yeah. many other cities that could be scouted in pomona and like san bernardino you know in the whole pasadena area and then it's just like there's i don't have a big problem with these big clubs but i feel like these big clubs are not enough and these big clubs are not doing like america's so big that yes there's people doing it right but there's also a lot of bad information you know yeah. so and so socal man you mentioned you're from the valley. I feel like the only club that's SoCal United, they they still have a big name, but as far yeah, as
1: Ralph SoCal now. Ralph SoCal is like Ralph they merged SoCal. with Samba. They merged with Samba and then it just blew up.
0: Yeah. And but if you think about it, Thousand Oaks, that's next to Calabasas, that's next to the Hidden Hills. Like that's you, it's it's so that soccer is so targeted to the to the suburbs and to the middle class that again, like a that may be a big club, but it's again not providing enough access to players like me and you because i feel like the only reason why me and you ended up in one of those clubs is because they we were i got a scholarship where it was paid for for free and our parents saw that you know our kids are good we they have their talent have the potential and they're, they're given this this access the free access of soccer they're going to be able to get to college and i feel like me and you have extremely benefited from the sport so it's only right that we give back bro
1: yeah no i agree i mean it's obviously you know I grew up in the beginning of it. So it was SoCal United, Samba, you know, and then, and then like the Valley Uniteds, which is all, all Latin team, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I just think California has so much talent, man. That's just, that's, uh, you know, it hasn't been discovered yet. You know, you go to Santa Barbara, man, there's so much talent. Then yeah. you go all the way to the other side, you're pushing yeah. towards like Anaheim and stuff. So much talent. So you got all, all this space of just like, and if you're not playing for a big club, you're not going to be seen, bro. Like it. it Unless someone's giving you a scholarship, you're just going to get, you know, you're just going to get caught up in that, and then you're stuck. I mean, I have so many – like you said, I play Sunday league, and I I run into so many 17-, 18-year-old kids that are on my team, and I talk to them after the game, and I go, bro, what are you doing? Like, not like, what are you doing, but like, like, where are you at right now? Like, oh, I'm finishing up high school. What's your plan after? Nothing. Like, yeah, there's no plan, me. nothing, but that's because nobody wants – Nobody wants to take a chance on a kid that's not playing for a big club. Why would you? you, you why would you take a kid that, that's not playing for a big club when you can take a kid from a big club when you already know what you're gonna get from that kid because that club sends you players all the time? Yeah. So you already know what you're getting from them. Yeah. So so you have two of the kids, maybe one's a little bit better, but I already know what I'm getting from Ralph SoCal. They send yeah. me players all the time. So I'm not gonna go with this kid. I'm just gonna go with what I know. I mean,
0: yeah. It's so. I feel just like the recruitment process. For the player, for the coaches, it's become extremely lazy as far as, like, you know, coaches know what big tournaments to pull up to, and they know what, what guy's been in the league. They, and r- you have a r-
1: connection r- with one club coach, and he feeds you everything. If, exactly. you, want, if you want to really go there, Ralph SoCal, when I was playing, feeds everyone to CSUN. And there's no, I mean, there's no two questions about it. Everyone that was on my team went to CSUN. Yeah. right and what happened CSUN was number two in the nation at one point
0: yeah a team from Northridge
1: right because it's just easy to I mean nothing's wrong with it but you're not looking at the players that are really outside of here you know
0: yeah it's um it's a it's like a it's small bubbles that connect to other small bubbles and I feel like it's it's like not I wouldn't say lazy but it's become just more convenient to you again go pull up to these big tournaments have the connection and then you know take it's everything's based on the word and I feel like it's nothing's under a magnifying glass nothing's being done from the MLS or U.S. it should be MLS U.S. soccer MLS and they should be providing these opportunities throughout Orange County throughout uh South Bay South Bay you know and it shouldn't be these big clubs. Like, yeah, these big clubs maybe, you know, have the can stay around for the tradition, but it has to come from an umbrella of the MLS. And I feel like till we have that in, you know, in order, we're not going to get anywhere as far as like, we're not going to be able to cover all the talent. And bro, yeah, we keep, I keep bumping into this while saying that America's so big and it's, you know, it's going to be hard to keep track of players, but bro, we have a census. We can keep people we can keep track of kids by district, by school district, you know, and I feel like if the MLS were to send out and and the MLS and U.S. soccer were to send out people that represent them who are licensed, qualified to go to these public schools, like, you know, have someone from the LA galaxy, go to a elementary, a middle school and a high school in the South Bay area. And though they come, they compete, those districts compete against each other. And then they eventually go. to the state team, And bro, it's all under one magnifying glass and everyone's moving on the same page as far as like, you know, what curriculum and stuff like that. And I feel like we don't have to. I don't feel like we never had to and we no longer had to have to try to get our soccer from the foreigners. I really think that you know, we've tried it, the Germans, we've tried, you know, different philosophies, but I feel like we have an identity as far as like, we work hard, bro. You're never going to get an easy W against the US. You know, we're athletic and it's a blue call. We're a blue collar team. Like, as far as like, we might not be the sauciest, but we, you know, might the, the, uh, we, there's sparks of the Clint Dempsey's, the Landon Donovan's, the Michael Bradley's like, these are solid players. So I feel like We just, everyone, like, not everyone, but we have to get on, as a nation, we have to get on the same page of, about actually youth development and actually developing these youth instead of selling these dreams like these big clubs do, as far as, like, you know, we're going to develop your kid to go to college, and I feel like college is a good level, and we'll dive into that, but I don't think that should be our number one priority.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just like if you look at our national team now, like the U S going to the US, I mean, I don't have a problem with all the foreigners because if you look at it, those really are the best players. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, there's no, like, am I going to argue that Gio Reyna is like, but how can we get it to where these guys don't have to go to Germany or these guys don't have to go to, to France or have to go to. And right now, I mean, if I'm being honest, I don't see it because right now, if you're, 14, 15, and you want to play at that level, you need to go. You have See to. Ship them have off. Ship them off. The Polisic, the Gio Reynas, the Serginio Des, Serginio De, um, the, what's the center mid, Tyler Adams or whatever his name was. I love it. Right? You got you to go. You got to go. Those, guys, those and look. guys' development is like, right, we're over here going to, you know, Boston College in Cincinnati and we're just here, you know, doing whatever. These guys are in Germany just learning the game to a whole different level. You know, it's your, your acceleration for the development is like four or five times of, of an American kid that sticks around and goes, I mean, to be honest with you, I never, any kid that's saying like, oh, I got a USL contract or college. You're not going to hear me say, go USL. Yeah. You're going to hear me say, go to college and get a degree yeah. and then go back and go USL. Now, if you got an MLS contract on the table, that's on you, Facts. whatever you want to do. But if you got a USL contract on the table, go to school, my boy. There's no yeah. reason for you
0: for you to even go to school two Get points two points two points that you brought up yeah that was going to be my next point and we, we'll talk to this about usl versus college but you said yeah we have to at this point we have to send our our talent to to the foreign leagues That's to- but we but we also can't i feel like we've have got a misconception that that's a luxury. And I don't think that's a luxury. That's, that's out of necessity. That's, that's not something that we should want to do. Like you said, we have to want to, we have to have a system to keep the American here so we don't have to send them out. Right. So I feel like, yeah, it has to, again, it goes to the responsibility of us soccer and the MLS to give those Christian policies, those Tyler Adams, like, you know, the, the places to develop where we don't have to send it out. Cause think about it, the NFL players, the NBA players, bro they're all here right they don't you know just they only have to go to a a different country because of like the rules college rules or whatever it is but we don't they develop here and the ncaa the college system i feel like the mark the 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 market for college sports is there we see how crazy march madness is for basketball the the how many bowls you see the you know super bowl all these for for and I feel like soccer is next, bro. I feel like women's soccer is just as exciting in college soccer. And I feel like, you know, I feel like if the system was the system were to give players a, uh, a good youth development as far as, again, under one umbrella and then go together to give them an option of college or give them our domestic lower leagues like a good usl but again like the usl has no regulation no no promotion so there's nothing to play for it's just everything just feels like a big investment and it's just like that's not at the end of the day that's not going to elevate the the, the level of our sport that's not going to keep the Chris the christian is here the tyler adams here you know because we're going to keep, keep having to export it and the problem is that if we have to export we can't sell them. We can't sell them. You know, the the idea it would be for us to develop the best American talent and then sell it to the Barcelonas, sell it to the PSGs and then cash out. And then that, that funds our whole culture, our whole nation. So I feel like we have to just, we know as players and as coaches, and I feel like our new generation, we know that the system is fucked and it needs a whole reform. And I feel like it's just about throwing the different opinions and documenting the different opinions and like the experiences about how do we fix this bro because you know i don't want to just create a platform where we're here just talking out the ass and saying we're bad it's like no how do we drive action how do we actually fix this
1: oh yeah definitely i mean it's it's tough bro because there's people that have been at this for for years yeah i mean if you want to go to the flip side of it right i was part of the first americans to go to el salvador And, right, nationalized Americans playing for a Salvador national team. Yeah. I was part of the first, right? I went to the first trial with Richard Manjivar, right? Like, we went together. Like, we were looking at us. We were part of the first, right? Like, when that guy was, like, just, right? How many caps does he have now? He was just a dream. We're just going, you know? With some random guys from East L.A. that was like, hey, we're taking a team over there. You want to go try out? We went, right? And when you go over there it's the same argument why do we have to bring these american players when we got these national players right and it's well the mls players are just better equipped than the salvadorian players it's really, really. simple they eat better they train better they're fitter they're stronger they're faster right you got christian roland's brother What's his name? alex roland
0: yeah i just saw that, that i is just the, saw that
1: that is huge bro that That's is a like big dub for us you got eric sabaleta that is huge right um but you can't, like, it's hard to say it doesn't work because look how many caps Richie got and how helpful he was. And when I was with the U-20s, bro, and we were doing World Cup qualifiers, we eliminated Costa Rica from the World Cup. They had Joel Campbell, bro, that was their main guy. at Arsenal, who was at, you know? Arsenal, who was at yeah. Metis, who's now at León, right? We beat them 1-0, Metapan, and then we tied 1-1 in Costa Rica and the Supriza, mm-hmm. right? They got eliminated. Guess who scored our two goals? Dustin.
0: Correct. American. Yeah.
1: American-Salvadorian who just won the Salvadorian with Foss with this Foss. last year. Right? Yeah. So it's hard to say it doesn't work because it, it helps, like, when you get those guys coming over. But it shouldn't be the whole team. Facts. You know look, look, I mean? Okay.
0: Perfect. Perfect. I agree. We should have a balance. And yeah. today, 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 you know i got the match usa bro because you know bro they put the the women's they put the olympic roster in 14 of those 24 players are in our domestic league that's big time that's big time right so obviously the women are successful they're you know they have their system has their issues and development has their issues but they're dominant and i see them being generational dominant as far as like i you know we look at the men's side we haven't been too successful we have a good group now but is our next generation going to be good it's doubtful you know we still don't know but that's what like you're saying like yeah like it does work bringing those foreigners and stuff like that and you know having to send people out but we have to also give mls and usl their respect because there's so much talent there too because you know that's 14 that's more than half of the of the rosters in domestic league and and you and, and you're looking how fast the nwsl is growing I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna grow just as big as the MLS, and it's gonna be a super league, bro. A lot of these women superstars are playing here in this league and not in Europe. So I I see it, you know. That's how the MLS is gonna be, where it starts being a uh, a washed up retired league, and it actually starts being one of those super leagues because of we have the best American athletes here playing soccer, bro.
1: Bro, let's, like, even if you want to just go all the way back and not even take it, like, as far as MLS, let's just say we don't, right, we don't want to talk all the way to the MLS because uh-huh. we haven't lived it, whatever, cool.
0: Facts. Yeah, you want to yeah,
1: say that? Cool, don't, a national team, full national team, I haven't lived it, you guys are too, all right, cool. Let's take it back to college, bro. Facts. That's where it really, bro, I know so many ballers that just ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time mm-hmm. that were just ridiculous but because coaches are trying to keep their jobs just and if you're not doing what are you doing for me right now and if you're not winning games for me right I got Penn State coming in tomorrow and if you're not ready to go right and you have no guidance you're getting there as a freshman bro with zero guidance it's your first time on your own you got all this school right and if you're not performing at a lead level they throw you to the side and as a 19 18 year old right? How do you get your confidence back? And Mm -hmm. then sophomore year goes by and it's the same thing. And then junior year goes by and it's the same thing. And before you know it, it's over, right? And it has nothing to do with how good you are. It's you ended up in a system where you, they told you something and it was completely different. And when it came down to it, they didn't, they didn't use you. Yeah. And I know so many people that just wrong, wrong, like people want to say like, oh, you know, you just got to step up and be... It doesn't work like that, man. If you end out. up in a system that doesn't work for you, right? Some people just don't work in certain systems. I was at Tyler, who had a Brazilian kid. Hold on, hold on, hold
0: on. Let, let, yeah, go ahead. You made, you, made, you made great points. So I was going to transition into the college soccer and like, yeah, you know, that's a level me and you know. And before we dive into it, you made two good points, bro. One um, about the coaches keeping their job. They... The season's so short, it's a three-month season, and you know, you gotta do class, you gotta miss half of that class, drinking around, girls around, living on your own for the first time. And on top of that, you gotta balance school and then perform your best soccer in three months, bro. Think about how draining that is on your body, but on your mental health, and like how stressful school is, where we don't come, me and you come from the public schools, we're not equipped to, you know, to perform if you know we can do well at these if we were actually going to these classes and actually but we're missing half of the class you know we're underprepared and and uh, one thing about the college coaches is that they do have a job people have to know and up-and-coming players have to know parents have to know is that they have to keep a job so they're gonna sell you a dream they're gonna throw you the big facility the nike sponsor like you know which has nothing to do with development of soccer it's just like you know flashing lights and I feel like from my experience, college coaches will rather teach you a system, a pattern and park the bus or either go direct long ball. And if you're athletic and if you, you know, if that works, then that's what they're going to value. And you know, where I, where players do get brushed under the rug and then that's so that stunts the development. And it's like, if you don't fit my system, if you don't, you can't do anything for me right now, that's going to help me keep my job. Like, Fuck you, like you know, and it shouldn't be like that. And it's a cruel, cruel sport. It's a difficult system, and but if you put all that bullshit to the side, bro, the level is good, all across the all across the nation is good, at least when we and you played. So you know, I feel like again under that the college system is kind of under the magnifying um, under one umbrella, but still not really. And
1: I mean, bro, I went, I, went, I went to Cincinnati, bro, and when I took my visit there. Right. I, I was either going to go to University of South Florida or Cincinnati. Right. Oh, and I took a visit to Fullerton. They were on the table, too. Right. Um, I went on the visit and we sat down. Right. Head coach. Oh, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, we're going to we're going to, you know, play a four three three, bro. Like we're going to keep our wingers high and wide. Right. Whatever. Cool. And I'm like, yeah, this i mean, The visit was amazing. You know, basketball, football, everything was great, Right. You get there. And you see that, you know, someone gets hurt or something falls through. And now you don't have the personnel to play a 4-3-3. Three, three. So yeah. now immediately the first thought is, oh, my God, we got to defend this season. Boom, four-five-one. <laughs> now, line of confrontation at the half. Okay, now what did you just do to my game? Yeah. Right? I'm in, I'm in the Big East or the American Athletic, whatever it's called. I'm like 5-8, and I'm just watching the ball go over me back and forth. Right. Right. You just took you just took me from we're gonna keep the ball on the deck, keep our wingers high and wide, we're gonna play a little bit Mm -hmm. to hey, let's pack into the bag because UConn's coming in hot. Well, yeah. Well, then what so basically you just got me. You got me there,
0: which congratulations. So do
1: that dream. Told me a dream, and then now I'm stuck. And the thing is, I'm not the only one that feels like this. Mm -hmm. Right. We got we had some talent man my junior year like ridiculous talent but yeah. it was just the same thing find kind of everyone and then you can just kind of see everyone just kind of mailing it in little by little like it slowly just becomes like it, this it, isn't this isn't it like it, this is your it.
0: morale bro your morale gets sucked like it don't matter how good you do at practice it doesn't matter bro because again it's a schedule there's you're playing two three games a week and coaches have to wing have to keep their jobs and yeah so man so look before we dive into your cincinnati um cincinnati journey cuz you played there two years uh you went to tyler community college in texas which is a community college community college powerhouse up there with the mount Sachs, the yavapes you know they really produce system but uh, the, uh, they really produce great talent and for those don't who don't know and who are listening and you know who are maybe those players who are not really getting high recruited for, for a D one or a D two junior college is the right way to go. As far as like, if you want to continue to play and you want to continue to get an education because the level is amazing, you know, not, not maybe all over the nation, but there's a couple powerhouses that where you know, you can go a lot of programs that, you know, you can develop Tyler Community College, I know a few players, Andrew Chavez have been through there. I know you, Jimmy Butler, you know, and it's not just it's not just for one sport. So I feel like I for my duty for this platform, I also have to show those that level of soccer and those colleges love because you see the last chance used. You see that this is great content and also like there's so many hidden gems that just need the right guidance to get to the next level so all right so like one of the best things I have bro I love by myself that I have a good ass memory so you pull up in the beamer I'm like damn you got a beamer so because I knew you had a card I didn't know it was a beamer so we went we went back to uh to Simi Valley you took me to Simi Valley before you took me to Pasadena and we went to Chipotle Mati was there Uruguayan legend who also played for uh for for Chelsea LAFC but you tell me and I'm in college I, I, at this point, And you tell me, bro, I just dropped out of high school. I don't want to go to high school. Like, we went back to your high school and took a stroll around. And I was like, bro, what are you going to do? And you were like, bro, I'm just going to try to train and, like, go to community college or maybe try to do something. Like, so I wanted to talk about, because I said at the beginning of this podcast, bro, like, I think your story is amazing. I was able to see it from, like, your whole journey from uh, the youth and it wasn't, the it wasn't a fairy tale journey. It was a bumpy ass journey. I'm sure it was hard on you and hard on your parents because Salvadorian parents are strict, bro. So I know they were not okay with you, you know, not finishing school. So I kind of wanted to talk to you, kind of just wanted to inspire people, kind of let them know, like, look, these are the things that can happen. And even though things are not going your way, we can always bounce back. And again, at the end of the day, boy, you have an American success story, a Salvadorian success story. So what do you remember about those times, bro?
1: Oh, I mean, it's it's actually crazy the way it just all turned out. Um, you know, what happened was I was at LA Galaxy Academy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, the UCLA assistant coach was my coach, uh, Eddie Soto. So I was training there. You know, everything was good. I was with the academy, but I was killing it. So Chris Klein, who's now the president of LA Galaxy, yeah, um, he calls me up like, hey, you know, the reserve first team training, you know, do you want to start training? And I'm like, yeah. So I'm training with the reserves, right? Yeah. At the same time, it's crazy. The balance of like life, bro, because I was doing so well in one part of my life and just completely like off the, off the edge on the on other life. Like I wasn't going to school, bro. Like I wasn't showing up to class. I wasn't going to school, um, just hanging out with the wrong crowd. Right. Yeah. Which was weird. Like going to training with LA Galaxy, and then coming home and just hanging out with the wrong crowd. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't add up. You would think that. Um, anyways, long story short, man, you know, it was it was a tough time um, for with my parents and stuff. You know, uh, then there was no LA Galaxy 2 at the time. So in my head, I'm like, I'm going pro. I don't need school. I'm not going to school. Right. I'm going to the wrong people. No LA Galaxy 2, no reserve team. So it was first team or bust. Let's be real, I wasn't ready for the first team. Tactically, I was not there yet. Physically, I was not there yet. Technically, I was always fine. But I break my foot and then playing basketball, and then I don't hear anything from LA Galaxy. And at that same time, everything just comes spiraling down. And then I realized I didn't have enough credits to graduate. There was no way I was going to graduate. And now I'm in a pickle because basically they just told me, we have nothing for you. Yeah. And I just dropped out. I ended up dropping out. I just signed myself. I was 18. I just signed myself out of school. And now I'm just at home. So now I'm just at home, kind of stuck. Um, no one really, if they don't need you, no one's really helped. They know I don't have grades. So no yeah. one's helping me try to get anywhere. Yeah. And then, so I'm just kind of like, you know, recovery. And then, you know, it's like the summer. And then I get a call uh I'm Chris Handy now, a good friend of mine, uh, assistant coach at Tyler Junior College. Great yeah. country guy. He's like, hey, man, I'm the assistant coach here at Tyler. You know, we want to uh, see what you're doing. I was like, I don't have any plans right now. I'm kind of just stuck. And they're like, well, you know, we're back-to-back national championships. We sent everyone D1. In my head, you know, California boys, man, you're not trying to go anywhere. And I wasn't right. even trying to listen to this guy. <laughs> uh, For real. I was like, I'm not going to this place. And then it hit me like, you know, what else am I going to do? Yeah. So then I said, hey, can I come out there for a visit? And he said, no, we don't have time because we start preseason in three weeks. He says, can you go and get your GED within the next week and a half? So I'm here like, oh my God. So I go down to the adult school and they're like, we actually have a GED test in two weeks. So I call him back and I'm like, I won't be there for the start of preseason, but I can come after two weeks. And he's like, so you're committing? And I was like, within two days I made my decision that I'm going because junior colleges in out of state can get scholarships in California. You can't. So mm-hmm. if you didn't know that now, you know, Yeah, facts. but they were giving me a scholarship. I didn't know but, that. Yeah. But I needed my GED. They were like, you dropped out of high school. Yes. I needed my GED. Um, anyways, I ended up going to Tyler freshman year, bro. Just sat the. It's all international Germans, Jamaicans, English, um, just struggled. Just like, is this, am I going to come back? Like, I, I can't do this. Didn't play a lot at a junior college in the middle of nowhere. Just like, I can't do this. Um, meanwhile, I didn't realize that's really what I needed. I needed the curfews. I needed somebody checking all my grades at all the time. If I would have gone to four year, I would have just sunk in the hole, bro. Gone. And, yeah. you know, sophomore year, how had to. Re- I realized like, this is what you needed. Yeah. And I left there, like I got there, like, a boy and I left there like a young man in two years in two years people gotta, know, year, people gotta know that
0: year, community college is two years two years yeah. so my
1: freshman year was just kind of a blur my sophomore year I left there with a 3-8 right leading goal scorer on the team as a winger um all region second team um we won the national championship and for anyone that's like kind of lost man junior college Gives you the guidance that a four-year never does. Mm -hmm. Like, you have that personal relationship with the coach. I had to go shake my coach's hand every day. I had to go, before I got to practice, he made sure I was in the office. How are your grades? What are you doing with this? What are you doing with that? And it was like a last chance you, for anyone that's seen that show, you know, last chance you on TV. That's what it was for me. Um, And I wasn't the only one like that. There's a lot of guys that were kind of, you know, I had friends in there that just really fell off. And ended up going full ride to create him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ballers, yeah. Yeah. And so I just, just to make it short, man, won a national championship there, and um, kind of turned my life around. I mean, uh, Coach Clements, he knows uh, curfews, no earrings, no hats, uh, no girls in the dorms, no like. It's just run like last chance, you bro. And for someone that was lost exactly what i needed and okay. i left there for cincinnati ready got a full ride to university of cincinnati and started at despite what anyone would say i started every single game there and, right. and bro, before we get there. into
0: before we get into cincinnati bro let me comment on that bro because that's a fucking incredible story dog for the yeah. timing the
1: it's, it's it's legendary dude it was it was all supposed to, it was like one of those decisions where you're like either i go or i don't go if I don't go, I end up who knows where. Just going, just get lost in the Sunday League world, which Fact. is what I, what I don't want. These, what I see these kids doing now, that I'm like, yeah. damn, that could have been me.
0: Facts and look, community college to touch a little bit on it. Obviously, I went to a four-year program, but I see the Mount Sacks. I see the level, the players that go there. I see the PCCs are you know not the best, but still crazy level. And I feel like there are certain programs like the Last Chance U, who can give you that right environment and it's a two-year ordeal you get in get out try to develop as best as you can and then yeah like it's like you're not there's people that have gone to the mls but like i feel like that's that's a nice trampoline to get you to a d1 like you got a full ride and oh but
1: real quick real quick no disrespect to like the mount Sachs or like yavapai's or like the richlands or or um in tyler like i feel like mount Sack and all that Soccer is like priority, and Tyler, your grades facts Keep on it, bro. On your grades, and don't and just play. He's take care of your grades and just play, and I will send you somewhere. That's it. Oh, that's it. Just to throw that out there, because some people go to two years and like, man, that was whack. I, uh, yeah, because you didn't have the grades, Tyler coaches on you grades 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 to the points where you're like you know what maybe let's just do our work
0: yeah facts and also i feel like a big a big important thing that needs to be said out there is that try to live on campus the commuter commuter life bro i feel like that's what hurts a lot of the mount sack players that they're commuting back and forth yes through-
1: Dude, that's big time. You're actually, that's so big time.
0: You know what I'm saying? So, yes, I feel like even at community, try to get those on dorms because that makes such yeah. a, a difference, you know?
1: Up here, dude, yes. Yeah. You don't feel like you're living at home anymore.
0: Facts. Dude, Facts that's so
1: big time. That was a big reason why I left.
0: Yeah. And, 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 and another thing, another thing I wanted to say, bro, that's, that's, I feel like for an 18 year old, not even as a soccer player, but as a human, that's what you need, especially like California. We have it all, bro. We, we can play soccer year rounds for us to leave that is hard, but we need, I, I feel like from my experience, I went coast to coast and that's what I needed. But if that, there was something successful about my college career was that I, it pushed me out of my comfort zone as a human, as far as like, I'm not just soccer. I, you you're, you know, you you see different people, you see different classes of people are definitely you're, you're, you're put in situations where life is different than staying at home. So it yeah, has to be, big I feel like for a player and a, for you, that's very important. So I feel like you go to Texas, bro, there's a big, big, you know, there's a big football state, but I feel like it's just a big sports state. And I feel like, I feel like if you go in there and lock in, you're going to be successful and then you're going to end up at a D1 like you did in Cincinnati. So yeah, man, I feel like. Yeah,
1: man, if I could say anything, sometimes, you know, where, where I see this, this, um, you know, I see a lot of guys here in Texas, that signed for the USL team here and, and, and for the FC Dallas second team, North Texas.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I see these kids, man, they're so talented, but they're driving from their house to the stadium. And I'm like, man, this kid would be unreal if he was put in a new environment in an uncomfortable position. It's like, right. like new, everything's just new. He has to work for what he has, but they're home. So like once they leave the, their training session they go and do the same things that sometimes you need to change the scenery man that that to me i mean i can say it saved me bro Literally, i hear it saved you. Me.
0: yeah I, I i very good point bro and and i feel like yeah i feel like last ch- if you haven't tuned in on itunes there's no soccer last chance you but that i feel like that they've documented that they've done a great job of you know, showing the coaches' side, showing the players' side, showing the commuting side. And then you actually see which of the players is going to do better. And it's a lot of those players are living in the dorms and not commuting. So I feel like that's like simple things like that, that can make a difference, that I feel like my parents and your parents, because me and you are the first generation doing this, didn't have, you know? So, you know, like, yeah, I feel like these are the points that, you know, up and coming players and maybe parents have to soak up just to, smooth out and iron out their progress for the up and coming players Um, so you go off to Cincinnati. you have you have two good years that you have one good year down year and then you know kind of kind of shook it off had a better year stellar year and then you have the Cincinnati Uh, can you talk a lot talk about a little bit about the recruitment process just so people can get behind the scenes of you know going from community college to to a D1 program
1: yeah, well, I don't know how it is from high school to D one because I didn't have that experience. Yeah, at all. Um, but it was just you know finish my season, um, take care of my grades. Obviously, get on the phone with the coaches. I had a bunch of offers, man. Um,
0: any D two at so after that year, who 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 were some schools on on your radar?
1: Uh, I had Grand Canyon. We got on the phone for a while. Um, they were just transitioning to D one. Um, they had just hired a new coach, um, Stony Brook, New York. Yeah, New York with them. Uh, Mm -hmm. NC State. We talked a little bit. Uh, University of South Florida, um, Cal State Fullerton. But my three were Cal State Fullerton, University of South Florida, and Cincinnati. That was what it came down to—the final um, three. And then um, took my visit to Fullerton, took my visit to Cincinnati, and declined my last visit to South Florida because I committed to Cincinnati uh, the following week
0: after. Yeah. Why? What? What? What got you? Like, what? What, what kind of you know grabbed your attention? Was it the conference? Uh, Was it the roster? The facility? The
1: conference got me. The the people were cool. Um, obviously they take you to basketball games, football games. Big big basketball I'm,
0: school. Big football yeah.
1: school. Yeah, and then you're just caught up with everything. The campus is beautiful,
0: man. Because they scrapped the program, no more right now. No more soccer. <laughs> that's,
1: we can. That's a whole. That's a whole. Oh,
0: definitely a whole to different story. But I feel yeah. like. Cincinnati was a powerhouse to go to because Ohio State for soccer is also D one powerhouse. So you know, I was gonna you know for anyone listening who wants to go to, yeah, but Cincinnati no must, But for your yeah, time yeah, that you're right, there,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to go there, I'm sorry, it
0: doesn't man. exist
1: anymore. That's a, that
0: was a crazy situation, bro. Um, it's a sad one, very sad. But man, definitely, man, and and I'm, yeah. I'm like I said, bro, we're gonna be able to talk forever, and like obviously, we have a personal relationship, so this is not the only one we're gonna you know do. So that's another story for another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your time there, you get a D one scholarship, so you go from high school dropout, bro, to D one athlete on a full ride, like living. How how did your life change? Or like, well, how was your mental? How was your how was your, like, soccer morale at that point?
1: It was great, man. I mean, I was pumped. I was probably the number two or three recruit out of my whole team in Tyler. I mean, I was one of the key players easily. I mean, our best players starting right back for the Galaxy right now, um, O'Neill Fisher, the Jamaican. Yeah. Good player. Um, that was our guy. And then other than that, you know, you can kind of pick and choose what you like. Um, and then our center back who got a full ride to St. John's. Um, it was it was good, man, it was high. and then um, you you don't you' you I didn't realize how hard it would be going from a winning program to a losing program. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing, man. Um, you go with a very different mentality to what the players had when I got there. And obviously, all great friends of mine now, and then I'll tell them to their face any day it was a losing mentality from day one. Yeah. And uh, that to me, I think I try to stay as strong as I could, as strong as I could. And then eventually you kind of just sort of like, you just follow along, man. I mean, and then you realize what's happening with the system. Like it's just a, you know, negative system, defensive yeah. system. You don't get to express yourself on the field. Um, you're just filling in a job, to be honest. You're just right. playing a role. Okay. So well, I was then, there. Then, then- let let me talk
0: let me touch two things on that if you obviously i feel like the resources assist the 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 way the uh college college soccer can work and can be part of our culture as far as like if it was a year-long season if it was in three months if they gave us more mental health if they gave us more nutrition better resources you know um i feel like it could work but if you put all if you put all the distractions to the side bro it's a good level as far as athletic, as fast it's fast. And if you know, you put kind of, you know, coaches have their system in the way of doing things and the I, 100% I agree with, they the degree. I feel like the, the biggest problem in America right now is college coaches who have been there 10, 20 plus years, who are comfortable, who don't give a fuck, who, who they've, you know, they've had no reputation, they've had one or two successful years and they play soccer and they're so irrelevant to the game now bro that that's what's stunning the college process but the whole process in america as far as elevating the game of soccer so but you know it it does i feel like it's a good level to play because again like anyone could beat anybody anyone could park the bus and go direct and i honestly don't have a problem with being direct i feel like in other episodes i've kind of I wanted to kind of just clear something up. Cause I've been saying like, you know, I like to play direct as far as like, I, that doesn't mean long ball. Like I, the whole tiki talk of possessions is important to me, but I feel like that was an era In the yes, the era, Xavi era, I don't think that should be a solid play, but we're athletic. We're fast. I like to, you know, you saw me play and you, the type of yeah. player you are, bro. I like to go at people. I like to score. I like to be strong. And like, yeah, we have to see us switching the point is necessary, but like if we can whip balls in, if we can get forward, like, that's what is entertaining soccer to me. That's the kind of soccer that I played, that I aspired to coach, that I aspired to teach. And I feel like we have every athletic, every athletic attribute, every all the sauce, all the right pieces to play that in the American level. And as far as like a nation, and it start, it could start in the college system. But a lot of these programs is not, you know, a lot. I would say a lot of big reason is that these coaches, bro, these coaches are outdated, and it's time for people who who've grown up in a system to, to fill up these positions. And what I realized from the coaching world, bro, I've been trying to have this conversation in the coaching world for the last eight years. And no one gave me the fucking time, bro. Now I'm talking to pros uh, coaches, people that are qualified, people that have grown in the system, I've been successful in the system like me and you. And it's just like, bro, we're coming changes coming because it's not going to come from the big dogs who are comfortable out there because all the, all the big jobs, bro, they're filled. And they, these people are soaking up the money. They're comfortable. So they're like, the last thing on their agenda is to elevate and give access to the game of soccer here in America.
1: You know what's crazy to me, bro, is like, I agree with you 100%. It, no, no one wants to talk about it. And, and the crazy thing is these coaches are stuck in their ways. And I don't understand why. Because the coaches that win are actually the ones that do things the right way. Caleb Porter,
0: you see, Caleb Porter has successful been at Akron at the Sounders. And like the schools,
1: you're looking at Louisville, like, like New Mexico before, you know, um, UCLA. Like, they all play. Mm -hmm. So when I see these people like trying to keep their jobs, and like I've seen the thing, the thing wasn't more like sad for myself as like the situation I end up in. I've seen like players that, you know, I went to IMG for a summer. Yeah. Right. We had this kid from Dubai, nasty, best player IMG. You're talking, draft picks all over the place. He was. I'm watching him before I when I got there, and I'm like, this kid's ridiculous. Where did you go to school? Oh, he goes. This was when I first got there. He goes to Cincinnati. I'm like, oh shit. So I'm going to school with him next year. So throw him into our system in Cincinnati. Invisible, and I'm like, dude. Another, another,
0: okay, that was the second point I was gonna bring you. You said you brought, bro, you brought yeah, up you yeah. brought up role players. You brought you brought up role players. So just like your your friend right now, and there's so much talent that again, because they have to keep their job, college coaches have to keep their job, and they're so stuck in their way in old fashioned, you know. A lot of the people who are diamonds who are that player they need the ball at their feet, who need like you, you know, who need that space, who need there's a way to express soccer, bro, where, you know, you can play soccer, where you can also make people feel the way you, soccer supposed to be played, you know, and I feel like there's no room for that in the college soccer, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like role-playing, I feel like, I talked to this with, uh, I did my first NWSL women's interview, uh, this prior episode, and what this girl told me was like, I was the ultimate role player, and I relate to that because I was the ultimate role, pl- role player too. But people have to realize that that's not a compliment. There's one thing being a complete player, and you want to be able to read the game anywhere you, uh, anyway, how you want to uh, do it. But you don't want you don't want to be the thing that your coaches rely on. like if someone gets hurt, if some if we're playing an X amount of we're playing this team, we need this result. We need to put you there. I don't think. That's right for the development. I don't think coaches should do that. And I think parents and up-and-coming players need to know the difference between being a role player and a complete player.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and just to go to that, you know, role-player and, and, and things of that, you know, like that, um, it's so crazy because I know you've seen it and everyone's seen it. Um, like, I'm not saying that it's nothing wrong with it, but you've seen, like, average players just end up in the right system that plays to their strength and they become very good players. Yeah. And then you've seen absolute ballers end up in the wrong system and just, I mean, you and I are a perfect example, right? Yeah. And for me, you can say, oh, you know what? This guy, you know, just complaining, he probably didn't play. I started every single game yeah. that I put on that freaking red and black shirt. Yeah. Every single game I was in the lineup, every game. Bro. But But you look at my highlight, bro, this is the crazy thing. If we're really good, you look at my highlight, and it's still nasty, you know, dribbling. Every time I'm dribbling someone, it's, like, in the middle of the field. Nothing in the offensive third because we're so deep. And that just goes to show you how far deep we were winning the ball. That's the crazy shit, dude. It's crazy. You actually Yeah. And you know I don't like to talk on this stuff, bro, because I just like to chalk it up and just – that's it but but the
0: thing is that you bring an interesting point because stats are so important in the college game in the American game just because of the NBA the the NFL the triple doubles I feel like in the college system if you have 10 goals and seven assists you're gold but those players those center backs those people that make those opportunities happy like happen don't really get the shine that they can and you know you were you're qualified to talk on this on, 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 on the college level bro and the thing is like you played above the college level so the thing is like this information has to be given to players and players have to know that you know there's there's a, a small window for you to figure out whether you're this this is gonna be a good fit or not yes and because everything's so short everything's so compressed so one one of my biggest mistakes is that I didn't transfer I had a good season. I bounced all over the place. I had a good second season. I bounced all over the place. I'm halfway done to college and I'm still thinking about transferring, but then realistically that's too fucking late, you know? So you have to, yes, schools, two semesters, or so you do the quarter, but like you have to make a decision after your first season. Is this a good fit? Is this not a good fit? What are my options? Do I, you know, could maybe drop to a D2, but you also have to, there's for other, for up and coming players uh, what I want to make a, uh, give my two senses that it doesn't it's not a good thing for you to be a powerhouse if you're not getting any minutes yeah you know yeah you know if if yeah as much as i may complain about being a role player i got yeah. fucking minutes, you know so i feel like it's a very important thing is like yeah like it may look on your resume but like you have to log in minutes it's only three months if you're not getting a full 90 uh, at least a half bro your, your your development process is molasses yeah
1: and and to go on, and like just to piggyback off that like I don't want people to think like we're just here shitting on the college games and complaining yeah. what we're doing is or what I want like what I would want to get across to this any like youngsters watching this is ask a million questions ask them there's no stupid question like when you're making a decision of where you want to go to college don't worry about how amazing the facility is and how you know, how many fans go to the football game, ask a hundred questions about the style of play and how, and not just to the coach, ask the players that are currently there. That is the key. If you're doing the recruitment process and you're visiting, ask the players what it's like, right? And don't ask the ones that are playing all the time. Ask the ones that are sitting on the fucking bench, ask them what it's like, and they'll tell you what it's really like. And then you can kind of gauge it from there. If the bench players are telling you the coach is outstanding, that's saying something. So I think that's really, really, really important. Is if you're looking to go to college and you're going on these visits, don't get caught up so much in going D one. There's D two schools. There's players going. Ellie Galaxy from Dominguez Hills, left and right. I don't know if they're D one now, but
0: yeah, um,
1: yeah, yeah. But um, don't don't. Go, get, go. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Good, bro. Great point. No one has brought up on that that on on the podcast yet. We're nine episodes in, and yeah you have to ask a million questions when there's recruiting visits you have to take them you i don't know what the rules are but back in our day it was five you could take five official visits and they pay they're paid for you know so if you're being recruited or if you're not getting recruited pull up to these schools you know try to get on their radar and yep. add two good two good seasons in cincinnati you know you got a degree successful that's a success we as whatever you did after your career, bro, you won that moment. Me and you got that, that degree. The moment I caught walked across stage, bro, being a first generation graduate for free, bro. I put on for, not just for my family, but for El Salvador. Like, yeah, you're right. yeah. And that's what, that's what you did too, you know? And luckily you were able to play pro. You were, you were, you were lucky to get a call up with the full team with the twenties. And yeah. Can we talk about what you remember about that experience? And, you know, what was life after Cincinnati?
1: Um, it was good, man. I mean, I'll just jump straight into it. Um, I was in Atlanta and then somehow connections, ended up in El Salvador. Um, it's kind of the same thing, game time decision, because uh, I was loving Atlanta. And then they were just like, hey, we got an offer for you in El Salvador. You were oh, with the
0: Silverbacks, Atlanta Silverbacks. Yeah, the
1: reserves. The reserves. The so reserves. The okay. team. Yeah, I was okay. just there for the summer training, getting ready. I got you. And uh, I was like, yeah, let's go. So I took off, um, right? And then uh, I got there and then, you know, started training and then, you know, getting used to the weather and everything. And um, I signed for two years. Um, so I signed for two years and then uh, I was just there, you know. I, I, the thing is people don't understand. Like people are like, Oh yeah. You know, um, you know, Salvador, the league is this, the league is that, whatever you want to say. Um, so many other factors that you have to take into consideration of how hard it is to play
0: the um, the league
1: like that. You're you're looking at these fields, that heavy grass, try running in that, you know, you're, you're, you're not fit for that until you're there for five, six months. Yeah. It, It doesn't just happen. Um, you know, you have to get used to the lifestyle. You have to get used to the food. You have to get used to the transportation. You have to get used to, you know, being there on your own and, you know, in the middle of wherever you're at. Um, all these things affect your play. So, as much as people are like, oh, you know, I would go over there and kill it. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. It's not that, it doesn't just work like that. You know Fact. what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. So, as much as people want to say whatever they want to say, it's a professional league and it's ran like a professional league. And, um, it's not easy to, as people think to stand out and, and, um, and really, you know, hit it up, hit it, hit it off there. But I mean, I had a great experience, man. I, 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 the thing is when I, when I finally, you know, I sat the bench first games and he didn't, didn't really want to play me the coach and I was, you know, just staying patient, just crushing it at practice. And then, and then towards the end, it kind of started coming together a little bit and, you know, I was able to you know, get in against Aguila, play against Metapan, play against Alianza. And I started getting minutes. And then, you know, once I really got going, the season ended and then they sold the team. And then once they sold the team, I went home and then, you know, you get home and you just kind of were like, you know, is it really work? I was going to go to Firpo. I had the offer. And then my agent at the time was like, Hey, you know, you want to go to Sweden and kind of start, you know, grinding over there. And, you know, I put all these things, I piled and I started coaching at the time. Yeah. So I started weighing everything out. And, you know, at some point it's a full-time job, man, if you're not making real money, it's, it's, it's hard to just keep grinding and, and, and you know, my parents support me hundred percent. It's hard to keep leaning on them. Yeah. Um, to ch- chase the dream at 24 years old. Um, I just Look, decided think about how
0: crazy that is, bro, that, at twenty four year old at twenty four years old you like that's it for us like I feel like at twenty four I think that's when I stopped playing too, and it shouldn't be like that i mean you you probably went on a little further, but it's before we jump into that bro for American players, the fact that you took the chance to come to the motherland and for any like central American any hispanic player who who you know is in the college system or wants to you know maybe take a chance you got to know that the conditions are hard it's it's, it's, at the end of the day the conditions are hard it's a business you're you're dealing with businessmen as far as like the owners but at the same time a lot of these what's what's a positive about these these leagues that the culture is there there's people that would die for Fos, for people for metapan for like all these small clubs and that's yeah, that's but these what,
1: american these american Salvadorians get it twisted that you're just gonna go over there and ball off first of all we like get that. no
0: respect we're no one we think no Urso, we son. pull up everyone thinks we're pussy like oh you pull up you come from America you're a pussy i was six three bro like they didn't get i went that's when it's you gotta earn, to it. You gotta to earn it you gotta
1: earn your stripes
0: you gotta earn it bro and and at the end of the day, but if you're able to like crack through that thing, and actually get a, get a contract and have that experience you have. It's a beautiful thing, bro. You go back to the motherland, you play, you get that professional experience and that, that, that put you under the pro radar. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've seen so many guys that go and like, just come back. Like, or, or say, Oh yeah, they offered me, but I didn't want to stay. Well, then you then you didn't you yeah. play over there. You know what I mean? If you didn't sign. If you didn't sign. You didn't play over there. So, Facts. um, until you've lived it a full season and gone through the ups and downs of what it really is like out there, you can't really speak on the league. You know, what was the style.
0: level of play? What was the style of play? What was, it was it good, like? man?
1: What, what, so, what so, were, you playing, play was were you playing?
0: Were you were playing more out wing or more, you were you playing more men, in the mid? No, the I was playing
1: game. the ten at that point. So nice. They were like, yes. Nice. So I was the ten. Um, it was it was just fast paced. Um, it's, yeah. it's very direct. So you're because you're dealing with these fields with long grass
0: mm-hmm. there's
1: no reason to try to ping the ball around you know then yeah. unless you go to like santa tecla and alianza yeah. now you're dealing with like nicer grass you can ping the ball around. but you come to our place you're not pinging the ball around right we got yeah. long glass a lot of long grass we're in the middle of nowhere our field is tight we're just it's just a dog fight out there yeah. literally it's just a dog fight and you know a few moments of magic you know three points plays i mean we've been met up on at our place they couldn't come there and get any points. You know, Aguila came and got a draw. We our problem was going on the road. The big clubs, you you just you're not gonna beat them on the at their place either, you know. But it wasn't easy. We I think we finished we finished like middle of the table or just a little bit of the bo- uh, above the bottom half. That's so,
0: dope, bro. Cause yeah. I, I, I went on a trial with Peterpo and Aguila and it was like at that point I was so checked out and like I was just like my morale of soccer was done. I knew I could play in that league, but I was just like I wish I that's one of the regrets I have in life. I wish I think my two trials were at a bad time. I wish I would have came back and try retry because I really think I would have gone on. And I think I would have enjoyed it because those places are lit, bro. You pull up in the bus, they're throwing rocks, they are throwing piss, they're throwing beers at you. And like as a player, yeah, it's, crazy. it's crazy, bro. And like that, that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's the dream. But it's also not suitable. There's no money. And. Yeah, kind of like, it's crazy to think that at 24 is just like, damn, like, I've been successful through the college system, through the American system. I've gone play in the foreign league, but then there's no money in my pocket. I'm still, like, 24. And then at that age, I feel like, not that you're damaged goods, but, like, you should be a veterano. You should be a seasoned vet. You should be, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, the way I looked at it and the way I weighed it out is you got a 17-year-old that can do the same thing that I can. Facts he's got seven years to develop
0: yeah <laughs> I mean that's yeah. probably
1: 24 is probably as good as I'm gonna get um, technically and physically and right and you now you just learn the game I feel like now tactically I know the game more than I ever have but um, I wasn't gonna get you know you know we could get better but you know you got a 17 year old you can turn him into whatever yeah. you want
0: very good you know? point. I, I never yeah age it's crazy because yeah age starts playing a factor not just on your oh, body, yeah. I mean, you, but you just go. on your your value of uh, of a player you know and i feel like if you don't have an established name by 24 it's tough and the thing is yeah. just like it's not only tough but it's just like your options are limited and it shouldn't be like that okay maybe at 24 i'm not going to play d1 or like in the in the in the premier in the mls but can i play in the second division it's just like it's a it's there a, is,
1: just, there is exceptions unless you're just like on back, fire one, one year because all it takes is one year to really get where you want to go, yeah, man. Right um,
0: now. so a good year in El Salvador, what have you come back to the states and what happens?
1: Uh, just start coaching in in LA, but yeah. like just very beginner coaching and just kind of learning, uh. How to coach, and then I just fell in love with it, man. Just fell in love with it. Then moved to Texas, and now I'm here. I got two club teams. Um, I got my own skills academy um, in Highland Park, um, and just you know, just enjoying it every single day, man. Just trying to teach teach the game, but then also teach these kids about hard work and what it takes to get to where you want to go. Setting goals, like yeah. At the end of the day, like if I, if I can teach something a little more than soccer. Uh, you know, I'm. I'm. That's really what I'm shooting for, man. Because um, there's, there's life after the game too, man. And I hear I,
0: you. you know. And that's, that's what I wanted to touch on. You know, and you know, you've been coaching for a while now. I've been coaching because I, after I, I hung up the cleats, after I don't want to play, I felt I fell out of love for a minute with soccer. Yeah. I, you, I would. You would text me all the time, bro. Come here, coming to this china I mean, I used to tell you, fuck soccer, bro. I don't want to talk soccer. And then eventually I started coaching. I went, ended up at the Red Bull and I started seeing one, there's, there is not just a market, a corrupt market to like milk money off this game, but also like, if you actually want to do it right and get your licenses, it's it's, one, the work is rewarding and it's inspiring to give back and to kind of teach your knowledge, you know, but it's enjoyable. But also like, again, like what I said earlier in the podcast, it's so, there's so much bad information. And there are so many people that are being robbed and using soccer to, like, just make a quick buck. And I feel like it's important to, to point out that, you know, I feel like it's not about having a private training. It's about providing the opportunity to, to, to play soccer. And actually, obviously, we got to charge for our time and our experience. But parents have to realize, like, okay, like, of like the stuff that they're doing there's so many like influencer training programs and stuff like that that like you know have the crazy cones and stuff like that that that's not really the right way to develop so i've seen the way you coach i've seen the way you have your skills academy and it's just like in in, in a in a in a market like texas i feel like not just that the demand is there but it's just like we have to have academy skills like yours to find those talents because texas is a powerhouse bro and like yeah. there's only certain amount of big clubs that are that are actually like selecting this talent and discovering yeah. this talent
1: no i mean i i just try to you know i love all that stuff i learn a lot of stuff from all the coons and the ipads behind you and checking your shoulder and i yeah. mean i just try to do game realistic stuff that you'll see in a game man. like if you're gonna see this in a game we can work on it and then we can get your touches in and get your shots in and just make it as game realistic as possible. Um, with my teams, I have a little bit of a different philosophy than most, man. Um, you know, uh, people may feel different ways about it, but I, I try to teach, you know, the X's, if I can get you to buy in and I can get you to really care about what it is we're doing as a team, um, uh, then the X's and O's kind of take care of themselves. So, Philosophy is a little different. I get my stuff from, you know, I have like, I just care about the person first and then the game kind of. If you can, Liverpool fan,
0: yeah, you're a fan, huh? Yeah, Yeah. I can, can, yeah. A lot of people don't understand, like, go on,
1: yeah. I mean, it's just the way I have a coach that was a huge part of my life and the way he mentored me and still mentors me. Mm -hmm. Um, if you can build these relationships with people that's really what matters and then at the end of the day you know the the soccer stuff we already know it so i'm not worried about what i'm going to teach you about you know i know i can teach you the game but how do you get the most out of every single person that you're coaching yeah right and coach everyone differently because not everyone needs to be coached the same
0: facts and that's
1: more so on the growth side I'm, i'm huge on the growth side right now um just love doing it um the girls, it's special, man. Because if you can get a group of girls to buy in, they'll they'll run through a wall for you, man. Once that once that group is all in, you, you're not yeah. you're not beating you're not beating them, man. no, yeah. nah,
0: yeah. I, I think it's important to touch on on youth development on the girls' side because they're doing it right. We win, we dominate. So you know, if we can grow the level, we could scroll. Start the development of of women at a younger age, but we're gonna continue to have this generational talent. And from my experience, I enjoy teaching uh, girls because they're they're more adaptable. They're as far as like they're they're gonna see they're gonna obey they're gonna follow instructions. They're gonna you know, and not as that, but again, like they that connection is so important. You see, like Klopp, the connection he has with players at Liverpool. Bro,
1: the word the word is culture. Culture. That's it, exactly. man. Just one word. Once you create that culture and mm-hmm. that bond, you you can't break it. And that's exactly. really what it is. Once, as a coach, if you can create that culture, you've you've done your job. And that's really what it is, man. Yeah, it locks the, the pay-
0: locks the players in, locks the parents in, the commitment, and you know. And it's, I feel like, I feel like, I'm, I'm. We've heard for the last twenty five years, America doesn't have any culture. We don't have any identity. And I feel like that's such a vague thing to say. Like no one, first of all okay but how do we build culture what is culture no one has really gave us no one has really gave us bro a real answer not even the textbook answer of like they are just tell us that we're bash, we trash we have nothing and like i feel like the culture is here we're, we're america's so big and such a melting pot with so many identities that the culture is that the thing is that you can teach us soccer the way you do, you want and i can teach the soccer the way i want and we can have different backgrounds but at the same time bro the fluency of the sport will, will make everything work. And I feel like, yeah. you know, I feel like culture, culture is something that we have. It's the things that we just don't have is that unity, that something to play for, that, 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 that faith, that esperanza that every little country has because we don't have a direct pipeline. We don't really prioritize developing talent, bro. We, prior, we don't even prioritize winning. We prioritize making money. So yeah. we're all, we're in this bad state for, at least for the, on the men's side, we're in this bad state because of money. And, and you, you bring up a lot of points, bro. And the thing is, I want to ask you before we close out, cause you, you brought a hell of a points and I feel like we, you know, we, there's so much for the listeners to, to digest for me to digest. And obviously we have a personal connection. So we're going to do a part two in person, hopefully. But before we close out, bro, I want to ask you, realistically, where do you see U.S. soccer as far on the women's side and on the men's side? Because clearly you've been successful on the men's side, and now you're coaching behind, you know, you're behind the scenes and seeing it from, from the girls' side.
1: Um, bro, well, the reason I love the women's side so much is we have all the tools there. I mean, you just have the best athletes in the world, and it's not even close. Um, and, and for them, the college system works out perfectly, and then you just go to the national team and then, I would like to see the women's league grow a little bit more, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. just because there's so many girls out there that really look up to these women. Yeah. Um, but as far as national team, I think we're leaps and bounds ahead of everyone. Fact. Like it's not. I mean, teams try to close ground, and then you get, you know, freaking Kristen Press, Tobin Heath,
0: like just that players. That like, brother. Uh, it's, Chris, uh, shout I out to the Muiz.
1: Rose yeah. Lavelle, like...
0: She, the ball, she's on... You, she's just,
1: the, you just get girls that just keep coming through the system. So, national team-wise, we're good. Um, the league, I would like to see us pump it up the way we're pumping the WNBA. Why not? Yeah. Everyone's pumping the WNBA. Well, let's get the women's soccer league going, too. Let's start pumping them up. Um, I, the, the men's side, man, I'm, I'm really optimistic for the men's side. Uh, yeah. I mean... Those guys are, what, 18 through 23? I think we had mm-hmm. one go, one guy over um, 24 years old. I mean, Sebastian Leggett. that was the only one. Yeah. I mean, that's the future right there, man. Just Gio Reyna, Pulisic. Um, who was the other guy they had in there? Oh, Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams,
0: Well, before. They have Tim Weah. They have...
1: Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing. Like, how can we get those guys in our league? Because... Mm-hmm. The only way those guys are getting called up is playing in Europe.
0: Yeah. We need to gel. We need to have a foundation, bro. So, yeah, the thing – let me touch up on on the women's side. Uh, The the league is growing immensely. You know, it started – just MLS started with 12 teams – 10 teams, bro, and now it's at 26. You know, the women started with 10, and now they're they're just added two in California – and they're gonna keep expanding, and like you know, if you look at their marketing, bro, it's fresh. They have the outfits, they have the behind the scenes. You see how there's the culture as far as like their uh, their the the communities there. People are pulling up to the Gotham FC, so I feel like we have yeah. to support we have to support it because it's a super league. Like whether it's a small right now, it may may it may not have the most teams. It may not have the most tradition. Bro, all the women superstars are here. The Rose Lavelle, the Christy Muwa sisters—they're playing here in America.
1: Oh, what's starting to happen is they're starting to leave.
0: Yeah, yeah, but even, even even though they leave, look, they came back. Like as far as like Sammy Mewis left, and she was at Manchester City, and Rose Lavelle was, I think, a Manchester City. They came back, bro, and they're Josh like Morgan's
1: hey. back, sitting in the Ruse. Exactly. Yeah. So
0: I feel, I feel like, I feel like that these American players have like, yo, we we have a dominant they figure it out where we have a dominant national team. Let's, let's keep it here and have a dominant league. So yeah, man, I'm a big, like I said, I, I was, I did a monumental episode with Grace Cutler, bro. Great girl, dope interview. And, you know, she was telling me that, you know, it has, it has, you know, miles to go as far as like growth. And it's like, as far right now, it's like the conditions aren't there, but you know, yeah, like I would definitely bet that this is going to be a super league. And it, they're so it's so inspiring for young women to to have a league like that, like the WNBA. You see, like, women, not just not just women's soccer, but women's sports in general are still getting, you know, not the – we saw recently with the NCAA March Madness, they're still not getting the resources compared to the men's side. But yeah. another thing yeah. you said that was dope, bro, is that you're optimistic of the Ray White and Blue on the men's side. I because yeah. That's how I feel. I believe that, you know – clearly we're in a bad, we're, we're, we're in a, we're in a bad place as far as like men's soccer, but look at the group. We have these guys, 10 plus of these guys are playing in the champions league. You said the (laughs) age is good. And what, I think what we have to focus on is how do we keep, you know, have the balance of MLS players or, you know, get those guys back here or at least give, you know, have a balance just like the women's national team of, you know, domestic and foreign players. And also, um,
1: and I got to train under Borhalter at
0: Galaxy. The guy is a genius, bro. Bro, the, the <laughs> staff is there. I'm telling you, like, he's a genius. Like, he's a professional, like, bro. He's a like, I, like no, no, this is, you know, cleansman uh, legend. He, he he did he did wonders for our system and and our progress for soccer. But like, why not trust Greg? Why not? He's American. He he's grown here, you know. Yeah, so like,
1: he loves it, man. He's all for it. He you know, and I feel, like,
0: I feel like I feel like I feel like if if we keep all the homegrown you know, homegrown coaches, coaching staff, I feel like that's how we elevate it. It's just like, it's not about finding an identity. It's not finding about culture. It's just like, no, we have to gel and find that chemistry and, and bro, have the whole nation believe as much as I hate that. I believe I we will win whatever shit we have to believe. And when there's people like me and you that believe, and I think we have to not just believe, but Yes, the group that we have now, but we have to find our consistency because I don't want just the Christian political group to be good. I want my kids and your kids to be good. I want to be generational good. Whereas as far as like the women's side, they're going to be generational good, you know? Oh, yeah. But as far oh, as okay. like the men's side... Yeah, they might we, we first of all we have a big mountain to climb because we have a lot to prove, but I'm sure I'm optimistic that we're gonna prove, we're gonna have a we're gonna qualify next year, we're gonna have a at least reach the knockout stages. Hopefully the elite eight. If we do that, bro, I'm putting it out there, we're gonna be a powerhouse. And then maybe yeah. the next one we'll do it. But as far as like we have to, as far as like me and you who are still in the system, who are, are coaching back and trying to get back, we our job, bro, is to inspire and also to make sure that. We keep we keep this done a generational generational soccer consistent, bro. Because it, we can't just be good now, you know. I want to yeah. be able to see us win a World Cup in our lifetime, but I want my kids to be able to play in that World Cup and win it. Hopefully, you know, it's the stuff that we didn't get to do.
1: You're right, but uh, you know, it has grown, bro. Um, it, I think um, where we were at 17, the kids at 17 now are way better
0: yeah facts yeah it has facts. Growth.
1: So as much as like obviously you know we got a little bit of ego but the sick 15 16 17 year olds coming up now miles they're miles
0: te- yeah. more technical more athletic I feel like Everything. the game is also faster bro but they're ready they're,
1: they're they're ready to play pro already they're 16 mm-hmm. they're boom ready to go and so I think it's grown man. Huh? I mean I just think it's still can it's there's just so much more with
0: so much more you know, so it's so un- organized but again it's like bro it's optimistic like we're real ones that love this sport that love the mls that you know love the national team is like we have a personal connection so it's not just that we're fans it's like no we want to yeah. be good bro yeah. we want to yeah
1: yeah bro that's yeah that's the thing man was like people are, people are like sit there and like you know I, I think you said this on a different podcast it's like just sit there and bash it instead of thinking like wait how can it be better
0: yeah how can that, we get better yeah man, and i
1: for, I don't sit there I just watch the game bro I mean obviously I'll be like well you know but like yeah. I I think it, I think it's going in in a good direction yeah. I just I think we need to keep pushing you know 14 15 16 year old kids coming up right now like if you go and watch I go and watch these kids at these tournaments sometimes man I mean there's fuck FC Dallas has a kid that's like 14 It's just not 15 signed with the first team I mean how how good is is this kid you know the problem is if he's that good he's not here next year you know what i mean
0: facts it's gone and 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 there's so many logistics and mechanics that you know in the system but the things like why you know not only this this podcast is i feel promising and i feel like again like my number one goal is to inspire and to document the right information to give and i feel like What's promising is that there's so many people that love this sport and that are on the same page as far as that we want to elevate. So right now it's just about expressing, having these conversations and connecting the right dots, bro. I believe in the power in numbers. I believe in the internet. And that's one thing of our, our generation that we have all this technology. We have these ways to communicate. So it's all about getting on the right page. It's all about getting you know organized and just providing a good system. Stop making, let's stop making excuses. Let's stop, let's stop talking out of our ass on Twitter and let's actually drive action, you know, and actually like, have these conversations so bro i appreciate you i feel like a lot of stuff was covered your story's fucking interesting bro and i think like i said bro like i can't wait to have a in person again so we can dive deeper into the community college to the cincinnati so like we didn't talk level of play we didn't talk about your national team experience with the full team in El salvador but that stuff that has to be documented because again like we're first generation you were the first generation. you richie Menjivar, gerson McGann like It's mind-blowing that you guys were the the first class of American Salvadorians, and it has worked. Gerson's still playing. Richie got 50-plus caps. You had a good run, so, like, it can work. Like, again, it's all about finding homegrown talent, domestic talent to respect just both sides of the game.
1: Yeah, bro, well, thanks for for having me on, and, uh, you know, uh, I think what you're doing is great because, you know, I think you asked me a few times, and I was like, man, you know, I... (laughs) You know, this is an uncomfortable topic for me. You know, it's not about me anymore. Like, I I hear you. By the same time, like, it's a conversation that needs to be had. And, dude, I'm pumped about what you're doing. I've seen the list of people that you're going to talk to. It's big names, man. There's some big names out there. Um, I'm just pumped for you, man. I'm pumped that I can be a part of this.
0: Nah, man. Uh, Thank you, bro. Thank you. Just
1: just gave me a little bit, you know, a little bit of a little part of your journey. I know you got really big things coming ahead, bro. Really big people. Dude, you guys stay tuned. There's some big, big names on there. Um, and, dude, it's it's something that, you know, it, it's uncomfortable to talk about sometimes. You know, you don't yeah. want to talk about what you went through or your experiences. I can't remember the last time I've talked about my college experience um, or just the game of, you know, you just watch it now and kind of just learn because, uh, you know, our time is fast as players, you know. So I just like to, you know, pass it on to youth. So, yeah, man, appreciate you having me. Thank no, you, bro. No. Big thank things
0: coming, bro. Thank you, bro. I appreciate the words. Those mean the world to me, bro. I'm a firm believer in people giving, you know, giving people their flowers. So you you yeah. giving me my flowers right now. Thank you. Your, your opinion means a lot. I'm a fan of you as a player, bro. I've known you for so long. We've been super close. And, you know, it's 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 an uncomfortable situation for me to, for, for me to have, too. You know, they, it's going to get personal. But I feel like at the end of the day, bro, there's stuff to get off our chest there's stuff to document like you said this is bigger than us it's not about us anymore so like it me yeah. and we can inspire or not even inspire but if we can just help avoid players do, do, so, do, avoid the mistakes that we did and you know as far as like we didn't make mistakes we just didn't probably didn't make the correct correct yes. decision and what yeah. i wanted to tell you dog is that you're fucking sick bro your left foot is nasty you still a sunday <laughs> league warrior i still see you balling bro so your career your career is an american it, success my g it's
1: just indoor now bro <laughs> <honest> <laughs> you still got it
0: this, bro and the, the thing just, is like the thing is like bro
1: smash
0: it. yeah man your left is like sauces forever bro i said it i said it i'm gonna keep saying it bro because it don't matter you could be out of shape you could but if you're technical if you got that sauce if you got that flavor if you have that culture in you bro you're gonna be able to like at least enjoy yourself you know
1: oh yeah i still have fun with it bro
0: my dog bro again this is yeah man this is alan rovira semi valley legend socal legend cincinnati legend el salvador legend dog peace thank you appreciate it bro thank you my guy look i'm gonna stop.